Encountering God is your window to change your world. I wonder how many of us are willing to be changed. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I'm Kyle Reno. This is Bill Eliff. We have the privilege of hosting today, and uh, our heart and our hope, really, is just to help stimulate what God is wanting to do and has done in the past. And, and today, we're actually starting a whole new series of podcasts. I'm so excited about this, this series, Kyle, because uh, I don't think anybody listening would disagree that we need a movement yeah. in our nation. We need revival. We need spiritual awakening. And that's what this podcast is about, to help just one more voice to help stimulate that. Right. Uh, but what you and I have been studying that for many years and yeah. recently just kind of overwhelmed in the scripture about how God uses one man, one woman, <laughs> right. you know, to affect uh, the world, yeah. which is pretty remarkable. It's crazy. And as we'll look in this series and see, I mean, there's there's factors and reasons why God will pick a person and how He'll use that person's life with great purpose and and oftentimes there's encounters you know yeah. some big some big moments. Bill, yeah. you told me a story <laughs> this morning yeah. that was fresh. I've known him a long time now, so you, when I get a new you heard one, this one, man, I, you just have to share this. So you know, life is all these encounters, yeah. and I when I was a boy, my my sister's ten years older than me, Sandy. And uh, she and her husband, Bailey Smith, had gotten married, and they came home early from their honeymoon, snuck into our house, and were waiting in the house. And I'm coming in, you know, and they jump out and and boo, you know. scary. I fainted. I just did. I mean, just gone. I'm just gone. I was like 12 years old. Well, oh, you know, you think, great. well, no big okay, deal. Okay, one time occurrence. But then uh, my brother Jim and I ministered up in one summer up in Seattle area, and we were in Bothell, Washington. We were staying in this house, and this crazy youth guy right. snuck into the house with some students, right. and we opened the door, and he jumped out, and ah, you know, I fainted. <laughs> Second time, you know. And these two, these two experiences in tandem – have not given my wife a whole lot of, you know, security through <laughs> yeah, the right. years. Thinking, oh my god! I'm just hoping that they'll, you know, encounter yeah. Holly, not me, because yeah. she can take care of oh, it. Oh man, that is great. But you know, uh, encounters change our life, and there's yeah. some that are silly and right. goofy, and uh, but there's some that are incredibly important, mm. and the most important is to really have an encounter with God. And I just make a statement as we begin thinking about how one life can change a, a nation. Encountering God is your window to change your world. Let me say that again. Encountering God is your window to change the world. And one of the greatest encounters in Scripture is with uh, a man named Moses. And I want you to see in Exodus 3, this encounter, not just set it up, is, you know, he's on the backside of the desert. He's in the wilderness, and he sees this burning bush, and he turns aside to look at it. 
And the Bible says in Exodus 3.1, Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord, I believe that was Christ uh, in a pre-incarnate state, appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, a bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Now just, just notice with me two or three things, because these two or three things are about you, just as much as they were about Moses. First of all, God is waiting for you, even in the wilderness. Now you, you, you know this story about Moses, that he grew up in Pharaoh's courts for 40 years, uh, privileged. He was burdened for his people, and so he decided he was going to uh, redeem his people, you know, by killing one Egyptian at a time and hiding them in the sand. That didn't work real well. And he's fled to the backside of the wilderness. So he's been 40 years in Pharaoh's court, 40 years in the wilderness, and just just taking care of sheep. And don't you think this was just amazingly uh, symbolic for him because that's where his life was. He was in the wilderness. Uh, and and I I'm sure he thought, well, I'll never, I'll never have another chance. I, I'll never be greatly used. I'm just gonna kind of drone out my life. And uh, and many people are like that. M many people think, well, uh, I've blown it so bad, or I missed an opportunity that my life is really not gonna be very effective. You may feel like that. Uh, it may have been many years since you really encountered God. It was 80 years for Moses. Uh, you may have really messed up your life. You may have not done anything terrible, but you may, may have not really pursued the Lord. Like, as you look back, you wished you had a... Uh, you may not be looking for it, right? An encounter like this is an unexpected thing. But what I want you to know is God is waiting for you. Even in the wilderness, whatever wilderness you're in. Secondly, you can miss him. It's possible to miss an encounter with God. Moses could have walked on. He was just going along, you know, taking care of these sheep, and he saw this phenomena over here. But then verse three says, Moses said this, I must turn aside now. Now, to turn means a change of direction. So when, when Moses saw something that was unusual, that, that must be from God, he made the turn, a change of direction. And it takes that. It, it, it means when God's speaking, when God's moving, or when you, you, you want God, I, I need to turn. I need to go back to church. I need to go back to my Bible. I need to... I need to repent. So he turned off his normal path. And then he said, I must turn aside now. That means urgency. That's something about timing, right? I, I really believe there are moments when God gives you a window of opportunity to make a turn and be used by him. And if you don't make that turn, that particular opportunity may never come again. Now, it doesn't mean that God won't accomplish his purposes. He may just use somebody else. So Moses said, I'm going to turn aside now. 
And then in verse 4 of Exodus 3, it says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside, this whole encounter began to take place. Isn't that beautiful? So God's waiting for you to turn. God's waiting for you to come. It's like he set it all up over here. Here's a bush. Here's Christ presence right here. And it's, it's unmistakable, but Moses had to turn or he would have missed it. And he had to turn aside now. And I, I want to encourage you, just pause right here. You, you, may, you may need to turn aside to encounter God right now. He's calling you back to himself. He's calling you to deeper intimacy. He's calling you to a fast. He's calling you to pray. And his presence is going to be there. And you would encounter him in ways that maybe you never had before and open up an opportunity to change your world. And what happened when he got over there is, you remember, God said, take your shoes off. Now, what's that all about? Well, it's about God's holiness. It's, it's about God saying to Moses, Moses, this is no little flippant encounter. I don't want you to treat it flippantly. I don't, I don't want you to look over and say, yeah, hey, God, you know, glad you're here. I need to, I need to check my texts here. I need, to, I need to play a video game right here. I, I need to do something else. It's like, it's like you knowing, man, God wants to meet me in the mornings. And you get up in the mornings, and he wants to speak, and you turn on the TV, or you or you spend time reading your email, or you know checking Twitter or something like that. Uh, some men that could have been greatly used of God ignore him when the moment comes. So take your shoes off. This is this is a holy moment with a holy God, and then. Moses, in that encounter, you remember God said, I want to really use you. And Moses said, Lord, I can't do that. So there also has to be for an encounter to be successful, an admission of my sin and my need. If if Moses had turned aside to that bush and God said, I want you to go deliver my people. And Moses said, Lord, I got this. Not a problem. I've I've uh, I've been thinking about this for forty years. I got a new plan. I, I think God would have said, "Well, come back in another forty. <laughs> you know. So there was an admission: I am not, but God, you are. Right. That's the essence of faith. That's what dependency is all about: to admit, Lord, I need you. So if you want a real encounter that will lead to changing the world, there's this humility and this turn of dependency uh, uh, on a God who is everything you need. I am power. I am strength. I am life. I am direction. So everything you need. God didn't fill in the blank behind that I am. He just said, I am. (laughs) I just want you to trust me. And that's why Hebrews says in that great uh, definition in Hebrews eleven four. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you come to God, if you come to the bush, you must believe two things: that He is, He's what He's everything, and that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. So we come, we take up our sho- off our shoes, uh, we admit we're not, and then 
One little final thing about this encounter, you relax your hands. You remember God said to Moses, what's that in your hand? Well, it was his rod. I mean, Moses didn't have much at this point. Clothes on his back, and uh, his main possession was a, a shepherd's staff, a rod that was a main tool. It'd be like saying, well, I'm a mechanic, and here are my, you know, here are my box of tools, or, uh, you know, I'm an I'm a, uh, athlete, and here are the, the training tools. I work in a gym, and here's all the equipment and that I rely on. And so, uh, you know, I'm an accountant, <clears throat> and here's my calculator and my spreadsheets all these things that we rely on to make us think we can do it. And, and God said to Moses, now, I, I want you to just drop, I, I want you to relax your hand and let go of that. And, uh, and it was an amazing experience that happened. Then he said, now pick it up, you're ready to go. So you say, what was that all about? Well, Moses had to let go of some things. And if we're going to encounter God, we got to let go of our reputation. We got our love of ease, our love of comfort, our desire to be known, money, our abilities, what we think it would take to be useful for God. If we're going to really change the world, I, I've never met a man that was greatly used to change his world that didn't have to relax his hand. So we relax our hand. Uh, so this encounter is waiting for you. God's waiting for you. And uh, you can miss it, but there's one final thing, and that's this. God wants you to encounter him so that others can too. Now, the whole point of the exercise was not just to redeem Moses, because God said in that same breath, I have seen the affliction of my people, uh, Exodus 3-7, who are in Egypt. I have given heed to their cry. I've heard their one cry. Because of their taskmasters, I'm aware of their suffering. And listen to this. I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians to bring them up to a land, a good land, uh, flowing with milk and honey. I'm coming down to bring them up. <laughs> and Moses, you're the instrument I'm going to use to change their world. Moses, listen to this. His encounter with God at that bush led to. Pharaoh encountering God, all of Egypt encountering God, the Israelites encountering God, every known nation in the world encountering God, and ultimately, as we study this, you and I encountering God. Moses was used to change his world, but Kyle, that all began with an encounter. Right. Yeah, I was sitting here, man, thinking as you were walking us through that powerfully, you know, I think everybody wants to change the world. You know, like you can put that on a T-shirt and everybody will wear it. You know, you want to be a world changer, a uh, world changer. Because it's in us. Yeah, it, it's in it's, it. It's created inside. Yeah. <clears throat> but I wonder how many of us are willing to be changed. Yeah. You know, are willing to have those moments with God that, that he breaks us down, builds us up, shows us things that matter most. And, man, I, I'm with you. Just I, I've never known a great man or woman of God that was used to impact the world that didn't have these encounters. You know, when I was looking at this, I was thinking about a young man that I know. And if there's ever a guy that wants to change the world, 
it's this guy. He's right. full of energy and, right. you know, does all this stuff. But he's not. He wants to do it so he can be seen and known. And he started out like a rocket and he fell like a rock. Wow. And nobody follows him mm. anymore. Wow. Uh, and it's because he hadn't let go. Yeah. He he hadn't really encountered God. Yeah, right. And uh, that's the necessary mm-hmm. preparation yeah. to be a world changer. I was going to say sanctified. You think about Moses. He tried to do it on his own. Yeah. Killed a guy and buried him. Yeah. You know, like he... he like there's some good intentions, yeah. but some bad outworking, you right. know, of that. Bad plan. Bad plan, brother. <laughs> right. God's like, that, I'm going to get you there. That's that, not the way. That, that ain't that it. That right ain't there. it. But it's going to take 40 years yeah. straight. Well, I can say, and, and yeah. it's true of everyone. And I know we really try to share these truths and then capture some testimonies right. around this. So we're going to take a few minutes here to listen to someone and their story and how change happened in them and through them. So let's get, let's give it a listen. Well, again, Bill, Kyle, I just love your teaching, and God's using it in amazing ways around the world now, uh, but especially in hearts of pastors, and pastors that periodically I kind of run into and hear their story, and that's what we got today by way of testimony. Ken Chubb from uh, Indiana, Warsaw, Indiana. I pronounced your last name correctly. You did. Great. And we're just going to talk, have a conversation, and let all these pastors and others kind of listen in. Uh, But I did mention that God is using this podcast, and He has used it in your heart, but then beyond that, into some pastors. When I first heard about the podcast, it was probably about a year ago. And uh, not long after that, early one morning, I'm listening to the podcast. And Bill Elif was talking something about the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And as I was listening to that, um, God started speaking. You know how when God starts speaking and you've got to, wait, I've got to take a time out right now. Mm -hmm. And I pulled off to the side of the road. remember exactly where I was. Just pulled off to the side of the road and just said, God, what are you saying to me right now? Wow. And so um, I, that, that impacted me, and God spoke to me in that moment, and, and I was telling my wife about that yeah. later yeah. And, and said, you know, you need to listen to that as well. She was listening to it, same thing. She had to pull over. No way. Wow. So uh, if you see somebody pulled over on the side of the road. Yeah, they're listening to the One Cry they, Podcast. They, they, there you they, go. That's what it is. Wow. Bill, I thought it was trouble. That. <laughs> but that's cool. And it didn't stop there, though, right? No. So. How it's impacting your community, maybe pastors? Um, we have a ministerial, and for a while it was a typical ministerial. Organizations would come in, want to talk to the pastors, we'd do administrative stuff, and then we'd pray at the end. Mm. And about a year ago, it changed. One man in particular said, we need to pray for revival. And so we said, okay, our ministerial, the whole reason we get together is to pray for revival. And that's what we do. And we're working at getting all the churches in our community to come together and to pray together um, and to work together to meet the needs of our community. Wow. And God stirred the heart of one man? One man. What did that look like from your vantage point? Um, I, I got an email and it had a letter. This young man wrote a letter Josiah is his name. And he wrote a letter. He talked to the head of the ministerial 
And, and the head ministerial sent that out to all the churches in the community and said, you've got to read Josiah's letter. And so I read the letter. Um, he gave a link to one of his messages. I listened to that, and I said, I need to meet this guy. And so we met. We continue to meet. Um, he's an active part of us pulling the community together to pray. Wow. Wow. And that's cool. And I've heard about how God's brought these pastors together there in Warsaw and was opportunity to be with you one time. And But I also noticed, just to show how when God uh, grips somebody's heart and they're engaging and they get a vision, you, you, you come all the way from Warsaw up to South Bend, and um, once a month there's pastors gathering there with One Cry Michiana and Pure Assembly and others that are gathering there. And we were at the same table this last week, I think we were, yeah. praying together along with I don't know how many pastors and so there's a lot of similarity between what God is doing in movements towards revival through prayer in Warsaw in South Bend. And I find it interesting, uh, September 24th, and I don't even know when this podcast is, uh, testimony here is going to be aired, but um, it's an amazing thing. Notre Dame University of all places has donated, I still can't believe this, donated a basketball arena and are excited about a sacred assembly where we're gathering under the banner of Heal the Land to pray for revival. Exactly. And so we're hoping 9,000 seats will be filled just for a prayer gathering and a sacred assembly. And, and so watching you and others throughout this area, you just wonder if God's not stirring hearts of pastors and leaders in pretty powerful ways to bring them together, uh, to bring the community together. And you're doing some similar things in Warsaw, I believe. Yeah, we, we've had uh, two 24-hour events where we we set aside 24 hours and we recruit people to pray for an hour during that. Wow. And it's basically a driving tour. And so we go to one spot, read scripture, pray there. Wow. Um, there's worship links to worship songs as you drive to the next venue and pray there. And wow. we've done that twice now. Um, each time we're getting new people involved. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we're yeah. just going to keep working on that until we have the whole community. You see, I, I've never even heard of that concept, a driving prayer tour with worship music in between. I, I just love it, Ken, when God is stirring hearts and he then directs their paths on how they want them to seek him as pastors. I don't know, pastors out there, if you're wondering what does God want me to do, uh, Ken, it sounds like what you would tell them is, just find out what he wants them to do. And it may be unique compared to anybody else. Yeah, it, it may be. This is something that we came up with. Um, in fact, uh, it was Philip from One Cry where yeah. the idea came from. When we start, wow. said God put it on our hearts, we wanted to pray for 24 hours. How do you do that in the middle of the night? Philip said, well, you got to move around. Move around. What if we drove around? That's and great. That, and that's where the whole idea was born. Wow. Well, let me just say thank you for being obedient and pulling off to the side of the road under the convicting power of the Spirit and what that has therefore evolved into. And God is growing and expanding in intensity as, um, as well as just breath. So, man, I love what I see God doing in and through you. And God bless you. Kyle, that's so powerful. Uh, and I, what I'm very excited about, 
over these next 10 weeks is you're going to hear 10 great testimonies like that of people around the world that were just normal people who encountered God, and then God is using them to change their part of the world. And, and, you know, these podcasts are not uh, just so we can have a podcast. I mean... It's it's so that lives can be hopefully changed and and that you can encounter God. So we always like to end our podcasts by really praying, not just a perfunctory segue to something, but but we want to really pray and we want you to pray with us to to join wherever you're in a car or mm-hmm. in a in a classroom somewhere, whatever you're doing. Uh, would you stop right now and enter into this prayer? In fact, when we get through, you may want to continue in prayer. Uh, so uh, let's do that. Kyle, why don't you begin, and yeah. then I'll close. So, Father, we ask, uh, even now, as Moses had his moment that shaped uh, all of his ministry, really, uh, Lord, I pray you'd help us to know that those moments are out there for us. Uh, Lord, that we would turn aside. Uh, Lord, that we would see, no, this is, a, this is a God moment. This is a moment that you want to help us see some things we need to see and shape some things in us that need to be shaped. And so I pray you would find men and women having their moments, their God encounters mm-hmm. with you, and that that would lead uh, to the advancement of your kingdom. So, Lord, help us. Help us not to, to move right past those encounters. God, help us to move into them, I pray. And and Father, keep us mindful of the purpose, yeah. and and that is, you want to come to people and come down to bring them up right. and to take them into a good land, and and you want to use us. But so often, our pride, our arrogance, our unbrokenness, uh, our lack of encountering you, keeps us from being usable. So Lord, I I pray that we would see this intentional pursuit of God uh, as uh, a preparation for the larger purpose to change the world for the glory of God. And uh, so make us pliable and willing today. And uh, we, we pray, Father, that uh, if there's somebody we're thinking about right now who needs this truth, that we'd, we'd share it with them, we'd send it to them uh, so they could encounter God too. We ask that. For your glory. Amen. Yeah, as Bill just said and prayed, I would so encourage you. Thank you for you listening and giving some time here to let God speak to you. But as anything in the kingdom of God, it was never intended to stop with you, but to move to you. So if you want to share it, like it, tweet it, pound it, noggin, whatever you do with it, you know, if you can help us get it out there, because we believe that we're just one part of what God is doing and what he's saying even now in our country. So we look forward to seeing you join us next week. We'll continue to walk in and see people that God used to change the world.